Blog Talk Radio.
Praise the Lord, brothers and sisters, body of Christ, bride of Christ. This is the prophetess of the Most Highest God with a beautiful and exciting message. Hallelujah. Yes, it was a dream and a vision given to me. The dream on July the 4th, 2016, and the vision on July 7th, 2016, today. Here is the dream. I dream of a bride and her bridemaids. On the afternoon of the 4th of July, I laid down and I was watching videos of the Antichrist by Dan Noon. And the video was made with Sister Lily Oz and Lisa Haven concerning the upcoming changes in the United States by the false prophet Pope Francis. Anyway, I was getting tired, so I shut off the video and began to fall asleep. I was dreaming about a special event that was starting to take place among the church. I saw a lovely woman in front of her oval mirror, just looking at herself getting dressed for her wedding that was going to take place at any time. She was examining her bridal gown, checking to see if she had any stains or snags or any other stuff on her wedding gown. And she was so happy on her wedding, uh, happy, just rejoicing, because soon she was going to see her love, her bridegroom. She was so excited. She had a beautiful smile on her face. She was so beautiful, and pure white was her gown. Then on the right side of her, which represented the rapture, were her bridesmaids, all dressed in white also. But she had on the purest white and glorious shining gown. And she was veiled pure white upon her head with a golden crown. She was laughing and rejoicing with her bridesmaids and just waiting patiently for her groom. And on the left side of her, which represented the tribulation, was a woman dressed in a tarnished-looking yellowish gown, so filthy and stained badly, and she started throwing things towards the bride to try to dirty her wedding gown. But then a shield came upon the bride and her bridesmaids, and the woman in a tarnished gown got mad and lifted up her hand towards heaven and said these words why can't I touch her and she heard a loud voice come from heaven because she is mine Ooh, glory hallelujah Woo-hoo! that was so exciting to hear a loud voice I heard his voice speaking back to this tarnished and filthy woman Then I woke up, and God gave me the interpretation of this dream. The meaning to this dream is that the bride of Christ is going to enter into her wedding at any moment. Hallelujah. We are just waiting for our bridegroom, which is Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. In the meantime, the bride is just excited and enjoying the fellowship with the rest of the body of Christ fellowshipping with one another 
but also keeping herself spotless. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Unblemished and unwrinkled from the things of this world. The other woman represented the tribulation. Those who also belong to the body, but are not keeping their wedding gowns pure and white. This gown is spotless and blemished and by the things of this world. And they are these people that I'm speaking about. They are jealous of the bride, the church of Philadelphia, which is pure and white, that has separated herself from the world. As the woman that is tarnished starts throwing things to try to dirty the bride of Christ, which is telling us that, oh, there's no rapture. Uh, God's not coming. There's no such thing as a rapture. Oh, you guys are foolish. You guys are ignorant. You guys need a psychiatrist. You guys. You guys are going crazy. You guys are going insane. That's what they've been calling, I mean, telling us. Um, but the Holy Spirit, which is our shield, covers the bride. And nothing touches her or the rest that are with her. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That is what is happening right now to the bride of Christ and the body of Christ. My brethren, the mockers which are in the churches are trying to discourage the bride of Christ. But the Holy Spirit is covering us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. And those which are with her. Soon, brothers and sisters, we will be going home. Hallelujah. We're going to be going home. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus told me soon, no more dream or visions will be needed. My beloved bride shall be with me and my father for eternity. Love, Yeshua, your loving bridegroom. And now the continuation of the dream. Early this morning, which is July 7, 2016, I had the continuation of the dream of the bride, which was a very small group. While the bride was waiting in a big white room full of light, and I heard loud and clear the Father's voice like many thunders, many thunders, speaking to His Son, Yeshua, Jesus Christ. It is time to get your bride, for she is ready. She is shining in your brilliance, holiness, and righteousness. Go, my son, and bring her into my kingdom that was prepared for her since the beginning of time. I was rejoicing inside. Woo! I was rejoicing inside of my spirit. And just in awe and saying, we're going home. Ooh, glory, hallelujah, we're going home. And, and, oh, okay. And Jesus came to me and said, My beloved daughter, go and tell my bride, it is time. And I woke up really, really happy and full of excitement. I couldn't even hardly write the message down. I really couldn't because I was so excited. 
Oh, hallelujah, brothers and sisters, body of Christ, body of Christ. Jesus is coming. Oh, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I told the Lord that I was so excited to receive this dream, to receive this message. I was honored that I was able to give it to the bride of Christ and the body of Christ. But it saddens my heart. Now we have to say farewell to our loved ones that are not serving the Lord, that have not made Him as their Lord and Savior, Master and King. I know that many of you are happy, but sad inside too, because you have loved ones that are lost and that have to go through this horrific time in the world in order to believe what we were saying was the truth. Let us pray for our loved ones. Ask God to have mercy on their souls. To speak to them loud and clear. Because we're out of here. We really are. We're out of here. Shalom. Be blessed. See you in the air. I love you all. Can't wait to meet you all in heaven. Shalom. Hi everyone, Lisa Haven here, and have I got an urgent report for you, specifically in regards to the countless number of riots and protests happening all across America, where the Black Lives Movement organization is teaming up with regular protesters to stand against violence between cops and black people, cops killing and targeting black people. Well, that is specifically the claim on the Black Lives Matter movement, what they stand against. Now, we know a lot of violence is being incited by this. I know that they are. there are lots of protests that have happened over this past week, over this past month, where they've gotten to the point where they have been impeding traffic, not to mention the fact of what happened in Dallas where the horrible situation of five cops being shot dead at this particular event. And now, it's, here's the thing. We know what happened with Ferguson, how things got out of hand, and we know looking into the future how things are going to be. But what I want to do in this report is show you a few statistics uh, so you can kind of get an overall agenda of what's going on. Now, here's the thing. All of this is playing into the hands of the elite and globalists, and we don't want that. Uh, a few months ago, I put out a report called UN Takeover, and I went through the Strong Cities Network and how our globalists, our elite, are trying to uh, not just federalize, that's here in America, but they want to eventually pull in, pull in a new world order 
army. That is the end agenda. And how are they going to do that? Well, via the Loretta Lynch releasement of this Strong Cities Network last year, she stated how they wanted to team up cities like New York City, uh, Michigan, uh, Detroit, Michigan, I mean, along with uh, other countries like Paris uh, and many other out there to form this unification, so to speak, where they share intel, share information about what what takes place, some of the tactics, some of the stuff that they use, and then push eventually into this United Nations world peacekeeping force, so they claim. Now, here's the thing. When we see these kinds of riots and civil uprisings here in America, I also put out a report a couple uh, months ago, quite a few times, in which I warned that there would be an uptick of domestic um, rioting here in our own country, that our protests would increase, that riots would increase, and that is exactly what is happening. Exactly what I said would happen is now playing out. Now, how did I know this? Well, we just have to look to other countries. Uh, George Soros is infamous for funding organizations to incite riots, Arab Spring, many others, and to get people uh, rioting and, and, and start kind of a civil war in order to put more money in his globalist pocket. Well, that's exactly what he's done with the Black Lives Matter organization, where he is pouring his money into this organization and funding it, funding this organization. And as a result, here we have incited violence all across the country from various areas. But here's the deal. The globalists want a civil uprising. They want it. Why? Well, then they can uh, federalize our local police force, bring in a police state, so to speak, uh, implement martial law. Now, let me correct this. Martial law is not going to be countrywide. They just, there, there's no manpower to do that, but they can do it by city, and it won't be under that banner. It'll be more of a police state. That's what they want with our federal, to, to, to take our police and federalize our police. Now, here's where it starts. Make the, what our globalists and, and people at the UN are doing is they're trying to paint the bad guy as our local police department. That's the agenda right now. Let's turn citizens upon citizens and cause riots in and among themselves so you, so in other words, you and I don't pay attention to the real enemy. Who is the real enemy? The United Nations, the tyrannical, dictating, uh, elitist, the Illuminati, pulling straight things from behind the scenes. They are the real enemy. They are the ones we should be concerned about. Not our local police departments, not the people that are helping us in our own communities. The police are not the bad guys. Now, let me say this, there's corruption in them, absolutely. I've had things wrongfully done by some, I've also had rightfully things done. Okay, there's good and bad in every organization. But here's the end game, the, uh, the, the Illuminati and those running things, the secret organizations, wants you and I to battle against our own people. So we have this sort of civil uprising, civil riots, and um, issues that are happening domestically, I mean, in our states and in our cities. Then they will federalize our police force. Now, that's the goal. Will they get there? I don't know. But I do know that they're already attempting to militarize our police. Uh, by giving them MRAPs, things that shouldn't be allowed at your local PD, night vision goggles and uh, major military gear, uh, all this stuff, and they're really beefing up our police uh, to paint them more of a military 
style versus your local PD. And why do they do that? Well, to, I personally believe to get you and I on edge, on ants against them, antsy against them. Well, that's not the real agenda. No, they don't need to be mil militarized. No, our police don't need those equipments. But nonetheless, the elitists are giving it to them in order to uh, cause more tension, so to speak. That's my personal belief. But listen to me. Do not, we don't need to, um, the Black Lives Matter and many other people, they're not just them. There are some in the organization who are, some who aren't, that are, you know, inciting bad things that they shouldn't be. But we need to stay focused on who the real enemy is. Those elite running the country from behind the scenes. Do not play into their game. And a big sign of that is because George Soros' funding of this organization, and this is exactly what we're seeing play out, riots and protests have come to the streets of America. George Soros, we cannot let him and others have their way. Now, we already know uh, that that's part of the goal, but they want to destabilize the country. They want to destabilize us. And once we get destabilized, then they will bring in that police force, federalize it, and then eventually make it into the United Nations World Police Force. Step by step, take away the rights from the states and give them to the federal government. These are the things we're attempting to face. These are the things we need to stand against. And we need to stand with our local police departments and, uh, and stand with them, not the corrupt side, uh, but because they are who is going to be on our side when push comes to shove, as well as many in the military, I believe, but you're going to get it on both sides of the fence. Keep that in mind. But don't give in to the elitist agenda to cause strife in our great land. With that, let me just show you a few statistics. The first uh, statistics and a few news reports. The first one I want to show you is from the Washington Post, and it makes me sick. Uh, because they claim the Black Lives Matter violence that is within there or the violence that is being caused at the protest, which is a mingled of, of folk, uh, not just solely them, but they're claiming that that's something that uh, Martin Luther King did in his day and violence is needed in order to get the ears of those in power. So, kind of just... You know, but let's delve in to that report. All right, so the first thing that I want to show you here is from the Washington Post. It says, don't criticize Black Lives Matter for provoking violence. The civil rights movement did too. Interesting. Um, and I almost feel as if, again, the Washington Post is pushing this kind of violence. Uh, you know, an awful thin line. Now, that was written back in August of 2015, but I wanted to bring it up because I think it's a very real sign of some of the things that are happening today. Uh, now, this I found on um, 
Leafframe.com, and it says at least 1,332 Black Lives Matters demonstrations have been held in the last 723 days. Uh, and you can go through this entire list, but we have New Jersey, Jersey City on the 7th, dozens attended. Here's 1,000 in Oakland. These are all on the 7th. Uh, Denver, 100. Uh, New York, Kensington, 25, uh, 35 on the 7th. 1,000 on the 7th. Philadelphia, New York, Washington, D.C., all on the 7th here, Atlanta, Georgia, 1,000, Chicago, 400, Dallas, 100, Baton Rouge, 300. We know uh, the things that went down where five cops uh, were killed, injuring seven and two civilians injured as well. Uh, but it was specifically in regards to they they were um, standing against the corruption against Alton Sterling there. But on the sixth, here's one. But look, you can go through this entire list. I'm just going to scroll through it for you here, but it goes on and on to the amount of protesters. So it's obvious they want their voices heard. Uh, moving on, here's just a quick link by LA Times. Protesters with Black Lives Matter shut down the freeway. Uh, Black Lives Matter thousands protest in U.S. cities. That's on Al Jazeera. Uh, NBC News, hundreds arrested in protest over police shootings in St. Paul, Baton Rouge. I believe uh, numbers were around 100, but there were cops injured as well in this particular event. Uh, well, it, it was recent. But anyway, um, you can go to that report. Here's NBC 26. Many Americans protest across country following police shooting deaths of black men. Um, here's another one. The latest police shooting protests gather in Madison. This is ABC 31. And obviously what happened in Dallas, which they are deeming an act of, you guessed it, domestic terrorism. Uh, it seems to be somewhat of a common thread uh, nowadays, unfortunately. Um, there's also Black Lives Matter condemns Dallas shooting planned protest. Well, that's good news there. I wanted to show you that as well. Now, here's another thing that I want to get to, and I didn't bring this up a moment ago, but here's an executive order issued by President Barack <clears throat> Insane Obama on July 1st of this year, and he states that uh, pre- and post-strike measures to address civilian casualties. What does... Obama know that we do not know. Hmm. So, interesting how he wants to prepare American cities and, and the American uh, country for, you know, good old USA. He wants to prepare for casualties. Lots you can read up on it, but that truly is it in a nutshell. So, why prepare for such casualties and why now? Well, lots of civil uprising, maybe that is the reason. Now, Last thing I want to do is get into some statistics. Now, here I am on theguardian.com. Uh, this one is 2015, which you're looking at on the screen, where 1,146 people were killed by police officers last year. Then it breaks it down by race and ethnicity. 306 blacks, 195 Hispanic, 13 Native American, 581 white, 24 Asian, and 27 other. Wait a minute. What this actually shows is there are more white people are killed per black people. Same thing happens in 2006. Here's, you know, 
here we are currently at 571, 138 blacks, while 281 whites have been killed. While the number of white people does exceed the number of black deaths, we do have to keep in mind that the black people are more of a minority uh, than white people. White people outnumber the blacks a lot more. So technically, there are more black killings than white when we take into consideration the minority. Uh, there were two different statistics that I saw. One claimed that it's two and a half times more likely. The other was uh, four times more likely. But that's why, you know, there technically is more black deaths than white people, even though the statistics are read out like that. Now, Another thing that I want to show you well, is how many deaths of police officers are there every year? Well, here is just these past years alone, 123 last year, 122 the year before that. So there are cops dying as well. Now, on the Daily Wire here, I found some interesting information. And here it states five statistics you need to know about cops killing blacks. Uh, great information on this, but what I want to do is scroll down to one particular area, um, number four, and it says black and Hispanic police officers are more likely to fire a gun at blacks than a white officer. This is according to a Department of Justice report put out in 2015 uh, about this particular, the Philadelphia Police Department, and is confirmed by a study conducted at the University of Pennsylvania. But they basically determined black cops were 3.3 times more likely to fire a gun than other cops at a crime scene. Then there's also this, blacks are more likely to kill cops than be killed by cops. This is according to FBI data, which also found that 40% of cop killers are black. Hmm. So here, if we take all this into consideration, more black people are killed by cops. Yes. Uh, but then when you take into account that black people also kill a lot of cops, then uh, then we have to factor in that as well. Here's another hard truth I want you to see, and then I'll, I'll talk with you guys in a moment, but hard truth, more law enforcement officers killed each year than young black men by white cops. Please don't shoot the messenger. I am not a racist person. Uh, you know, I love every color. I am just sharing the statistics here, but it says hard truth. So if we take law enforcement officers are killed each year than young black men by white cops. So this particular one gets into the fact that 96 black males who are killed by white police officers each year. That's just by the white cops killing black people. Uh, but when you take into consideration some of those and a, a lot of those deaths from cops against black people or even black on black, Hispanic on black. It's not necessarily always white on black, but 96, 96 black males were killed specifically by white officers. And another 300 white males who are killed by police officers according to FBI statistics. So there's a little bit of flip-flop here. So in 2014, uh, we had 117 deaths of cops and 96 deaths between white officers and black males, so to speak. So there is that other report. 
So there you have it. Please don't shoot the messenger. I'm just sharing statistics as they are. Now you can do with that what you will. The fact of the matter is, I don't think that, I mean, there obviously is somewhat of an issue, but it's really superly over-exaggerated and being hyper-inflamed, especially with the fact that the Washington Post is putting out reports saying their violence is acceptable, and it's similar to that of what happened with Martin Luther King. Crazy times in which we live in. Now, we must not allow this to play into the uh, globalist agenda of inciting and, re and starting race wars. We cannot do that. That's ludicrous. And, you know, so-and-so is a racist, she's racist, this, you wear a brown bag, you're racist, you wear a white shirt, you're racist. You know, pretty much all things will be banned. Uh, it's absurd. Drop it. And you know what? When President Obama came in office, things were supposed to be better in that realm, but they seem to have gotten worse. Why? Well, they needed a president like him to incite more of this. That's my only case. Otherwise, it should have gotten a million times better. But Obama made sure that that was not the case. Sad, sad, sad times in which we live. Now, I want to encourage you, please keep your eye on who the real enemy is. It's not your local police department. It's not somebody who's white, black, Hispanic, Mexican, yellow, green, whatever. Um, we all know that. And we all have a heart for each other. A lot of us do. And, and all of my viewers out there, there's not a bunch of racist people. There's not a bunch of... information 
that we are given is very vital in these last days because it is a sign before the coming of Jesus, before the, the rapture, the pastor, or our pastor, before we are taken home. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus gave us signs. And there's one specific sign that Jesus the Messiah gave us. Jesus the Messiah of Israel gave us, brothers and sisters, that many people have taken for granted. But I'm going to share the sign tonight, and I know it's going to bless your life. Thank you, Lord. I wanted to go ahead and go into the uh, hallelujah and prayer and thank the Lord, mighty Jesus, mighty Lord, mighty Yeshua, mighty Jehoshua, mighty God in Jesus' name, forgive our sin and trespasses today, Lord Jesus. Cleanse us with your blood, body, soul, and spirit, Lord. Cleanse, Lord, our bookkeeping record in heaven, our garment, Lord Jesus, hallelujah. Lord Jesus, our garment and our rope in Jesus' name. Mighty Lord, mighty God, whatever you ask in your name, you will grant to us in Jesus' name. Oh, mighty Lord, Lord, that family that is praying for that dead member, Lord, we pray in agreement that life will go back to that body in Jesus' name, and that you will bring her back, Lord, in Jesus' name. All things are possible with you, Lord. You wrote Lazarus, Lord, after four days dead in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, mighty Jesus, mighty God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Praise you, God. Praise you, Lord. We are in the brink of peace and safety concerning Jerusalem and the Palestinians, the Jewish people, hallelujah, and the Palestinian people. Praise you, Lord. I want to show to you that Messiah Jesus warned us about this, brothers and sisters, in his Bible, in his words, according to his own teaching. Praise you, Lord. In Luke 21, verse 20 and 28, I want to share with you what Jesus, one of the signs the Messiah Jesus gave us that many are taking for granted in his last days in regard to the returning of Jesus. Praise you, Lord. What we will see before the Lord Jesus Messiah returns. Here it is, brothers and sisters. Verse 20. And when you see Jerusalem besieged with soldiers, hallelujah, then understand that the desolation thereof is near. Again, when you see Jerusalem, this is Luke 21, verse 20. Thank you, Lord. This is one of the biggest signs that I don't hear people talking about, and which I want to talk about tonight, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord, because I believe this is very important, especially when the peace treaty has been signed behind closed doors. Hallelujah. And the media or anyone has not been invited, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Jesus. Again, and when you see Jerusalem, Beseech what soldier, then understand that the desolation thereof is near. Thank you, Jesus. Well, brothers and sisters, we are in the brink of seeing Jerusalem beseech what soldier. There is not another city in the world more biblical 
or more godly than Jerusalem, brothers and sisters. There is not another city. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The word besiege, according to the dictionary, means to crowd around, to crowd upon, or surround, brothers and sisters. Another word, modern word we use today, when you see Jerusalem taken over, brothers and sisters, when you see Jerusalem taken over, Jesus said, what soldier, very specific, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah, to assail, apply, with request or demand. So Jerusalem, from Jerusalem, is being demanded, the eastern part of Jerusalem be given to the Palestinian brothers and sisters. It's what is being demanded. So Messiah Jesus, before he was crucified, before he went go, went back to heaven, he told his disciples to teach, to give to us in a specific sign in regard to Jerusalem being besieged, being taken over, brothers and sisters. When you see Jerusalem taken over by soldiers, then understand only in this end time. And with anyone will understand that Jesus is about to return back for his bride. Would understand clearly Matthew 25, the parable of the ten virgins, because Messiah Jesus, Messiah Yeshua, Hamashiach, is about to return for his bride, his children, brothers and sisters, and the besieging of Jerusalem, over of Jerusalem, is one of the signs that Jesus gave us to look for. Oh, I thank you, God, for Jesus. I thank you, God, for Jesus. Hallelujah. What a mighty sign. What a clear sign. This is why the this peace treaty that's been signed last month, closed door, is very significant because it's only really taken to the U.N., like the planning in September of 2016, for this to be signed. It is so close, we're only two, three months away before this peace treaty. It is official, brothers and sisters. They did a pre-sign, an agreement is what they done between the nations of the United States, forcing Israel to give up East Jerusalem. I just finished. Brothers and sisters, uh, praise the Lord, preparing some audio from last month when you see Pastor Bagley, hallelujah, and then, uh, hallelujah, and another rabbi, I forget his name, talking about this, that this been signed secretly. Brothers and sisters, praise the Lord, and I'm about to allow it even as I'm talking. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, because this information is very important, and I'm going to play this a little Hallelujah, along the program tonight. So you see that this been done secretly. It's been signed, brothers and sisters, without the support of Israel or the agreement with Israel. They are forcing Israel in the two-state solution. They don't care what Israel think about this. There's been a rabbi 
who went out publicly in Israel and said that there's been signs, brothers and sisters, and the news all over YouTube, all over the internet, and I got that audio, and I'm going to play it. Pastor Bailey uh, played on his program, or, or hallelujah, talked about this on his program, the Rabbi Audio. I also saw it. I just downloaded Pastor Bailey. So you see, brothers and sisters, hallelujah, that what they're going to sign in September with the UN, hallelujah, and hallelujah, in the Psalm 83 word, hallelujah, the fight between the Arab nations, the president, I'm sorry, the commander, leader, not the commander, see, the leader of the army of Iran has said in an interview on television that they just don't want half of Jerusalem. They want the entire of Jerusalem. They just don't want the half of the capital or the eastern part. They want the entire capital of Jerusalem and the nation of Israel, hallelujah, which they call it all Palestine. Brothers and sisters, they don't care. It's what they want, brothers and sisters. It's what they want, and they want it, and they are claiming it, brothers and sisters. They want the entire city, brothers and sisters. Again, Luke twenty-one twenty. when you see Jerusalem besieged, surrounded by soldiers, then understand that the desolation thereof is near. This is a clear sign, Messiah Jesus has given the bride to know when his coming will be back. A sign to know how close his coming will be when we see this sign that is about to begin, that is about to start, brothers and sisters, in the Middle East. Hallelujah. This is so close. It is so close. This is how David prayed in Psalm 83.1. Keep now thou silent, O God, be not still, and cease not, O God. For, Lord, thy enemy made us to move, and they that hate thee have lifted up their head. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people, and have consulted against thy secret one. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. Praise you. I told you this prayer was very important tonight. Now, how many times in the Bible was Jerusalem besieged, if you know? How many times? Well, I looked it up. I looked up the information. How many times in the Bible? And one of the most clearest signs, clear, I'm sorry, clear sign that Jerusalem was besieged was in the time of King Nebuchadnezzar, brothers and sisters, in the time of the prophet Jeremiah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Here it is. Thank you, Jesus. Let me, let, me, let me praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. God is so awesome. God is so good, who is like our God, brothers and sisters. My goodness, if you did not know, you will be informed tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You will be informed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God is so good. God is so awesome. In the book of Jeremiah, Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar, took over Jerusalem. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Also, I find out that in the time of Gideon, they also wanted to take over, hallelujah, Jerusalem, but God did not allow them. 
Hallelujah. In 2 Kings 24, 10. And in the time that, that, that came the servant of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon against Jerusalem, so the city was besieged. They took over Jerusalem in the time of King Nebuchadnezzar, one of the most evil kings that, that Babylon ever had. Brothers and sisters, the same spirit that was in Nebuchadnezzar and it's in Barack Obama today. It is the same spirit that was in the king of Nebuchadnezzar, brothers and sisters. It's today, it's the same spirit moving to besiege Jerusalem. What you are not hear about in the news, the division, the dividing of the Holy Land, it is nothing more than another attempt of the devil to take over, besiege Jerusalem. This is in 2 Kings 24.10. And at that time came the servant of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, against Jerusalem, so that the city was besieged. I looked that up just to find out, because everything is in the Word. Hallelujah. There is nothing new under the sun. Thank you for that, brother. Nothing new under the sun. This happened before. This taking over. This besieged. A Jerusalem that is being in the work under the tables, hitting close door. It is nothing new. It happened with the servant Anabokonesser. John Kerry and these people, Hillary Clinton, that is being sent to the Middle East. Hallelujah. To help the nation take over a Jerusalem again. Brothers and sisters, this is nothing new. This has happened for thousands of years. The devil always wanted to have control of Jerusalem. But God is in control because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. So he sent his men. Hallelujah, he's like carrying Hillary and being sent to the Middle East all the time. The Pope is going to the Middle East. Someone sent me a link, brothers and sisters, of the Pope going to the Middle East. The Pope is gathering faithful, whatever they call it, people to join him in his trip of the Middle East. One of the purposes is, is this peace treaty signing that He's rejoicing with the Palestinians, with the Arabs, because they finally are going to have their city, Palestine, again. And the Pope has united with them to celebrate and want people from all over the world to come, come. Brothers and sisters, all this is being prepared. It's being planned close door. It is all being planned. But they have taken crafty counsel. Against thy secret one, says David. It's been in the Word of God. They have a Bible, but they do not understand. It was exactly what was said to Daniel. Brothers and sisters, hallelujah. It was exactly what it was said to Daniel. Look what it was said to Daniel. In Daniel 12, 1. And he said, go thy way, Daniel, for the word are closed up and sealed. To the end of the time, many to be purified by the blood of Jesus, made white by the blood of Jesus. 
and tried by the testing and the blood of Jesus. But the wicked should do wickedly. And none of the wicked should should have understanding. But the wise should have understand. Only the wise, only those watch with the blood of Jesus, only those that are in repentance and daily repenting will understand what is going on. Sorry, people say, what is going on, Brother Elvis? There's so much going. There is so much going, hallelujah. But only those that are in daily repenting, cleansed by the blood of Jesus, will understand what is going on. Because there is so much going on. It's just so much going on. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The wicked will not understand. If they're not repenting, if they are not repenting, they will totally agree with the U.N. When they sign up this deal, brothers and sisters, that is so sad. It's so sad for the Jewish people, their capital being divided. My goodness, what is this? Is it being taken over by force? They're not agreeing to this. But the nations don't care whether they agree or not. They don't care. The Jewish people, the Jewish people are like, when do we agree to divide our city? Never. So why are the nations doing it? They're using their power. They're doing wicked counsel. They're getting together to decide this like they did in Germany last month. That's evil. It's wicked. Oh, it is a hard thing to fall into the hand of, the, of a living God. They don't know what they're doing. They not know what they're doing. But see, you see that this is the beginning of the tribulation. The wicked will not understand. Look what it says in verse 11. But from the time of the daily sacrifice, that's when the third temple is already going, shall be taken away of the abomination and desolation set up. There should be 1,290 days. Hallelujah. This is the time God has given them to do whatever plan and evil plan they're going to do. So they will, they will be a taking over, brothers and sisters. Biblically, God is going to allow for 1,000. Look at it again in, in the book of Daniel. This is Daniel 12:11. From the time that the daily sacrifice will be taken away and the abomination and desolation set up, there should be 1,290 days. That's how long God's going to allow this nonsense to go on. After 1,090 days, God said, stop. That's it. Can't take this nonsense anymore. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, God. Have mercy, the Lord. Have mercy, the Lord. Because they are taking wicked counsel. Hallelujah. Wicked counsel. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, it is better for them not to be born than to fall into the hand of a living God. This planning they have will not succeed. Hallelujah. God will allow this. But not for too long. 1,190 days. That's it. That's it. After that, God said, that's it. No more. The Messiah comes. The Messiah returns. Jesus comes back. It's what the prophet says. 
He comes back, hallelujah. He's going to claim what is his, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let me look it up here in, in Jeremiah. So you see that the prophet Jeremiah, even the prophet Isaiah talked about this thing. Thank you, Lord. What they're planning is not going to work. It is simply not going to work because God is the one that watches over his people. Hallelujah. And they think they're going to get away with anything? God will show, well, God is the one that watches over Israel? How are they going to hallelujah, get away with, with anything? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God says in Jeremiah 31, 1, At that same time, says the Lord, I, well, would I be God of all the family of Israel, and they should be my people. Thank you, Lord. And said the Lord, the people which escaped the sword, found grace, in the wilderness and walked before Israel to call him to rest. The Lord have appeared unto me of all, said the yea, have I loved thee with everlasting love, therefore with mercy I have drawn thee. See, God is for the Jewish people, and he's planning to save them. He's planning to save Jacob here. Yeah, this is what God is teaching us. And the tribulation at the end, for sure. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. He is, he is, he is, hallelujah. But before that, he says in 30, verse 3, For Lord, the day comes of the Lord that I will bring the captivity of my people Israel and Judah to the Lord, and I will restore them unto the land that I have given unto them, and they, and, and they shall possess it. Why is God, hallelujah, bringing them from captivity to possess, hallelujah, their land? Praise the Lord, because God knew they will have problems. And that's what they have, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Verse 5, for thou say the Lord, we have heard a terrible voice of fear and not of peace. They might how and behold, if men travail with a with, with child, where therefore I behold every man with his hand and loin of woman in travail, and no face are turned into paleness. Why is everybody pale? Well, the nation got nuclear weapons, and Iran has nuclear weapons, and they're planning to attack Israel. Everyone in Israel is turning pale at this moment. They're ready to turn pale because the United States have allowed Iran to continue in the, with the nuclear program until they have developed several, several nuclear weapons, and they're planning to use it. And Iran has declared war on Israel. Iran has said that in the moment the peace treaty gets signed by the UN, if Israel don't comply, they will attack Israel and take it over by force. It's the word that comes come out of Iran, brothers and sisters. That is evil, right? That's an evil plan. What they're planning is evil. Nothing can be good about all this, brothers and sisters. This is why you and I need to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Hallelujah. For the prosperity of Israel and the peace of Jerusalem. Because it's getting worse. And this is the last moment when the bride of Christ, before it gets raptured, hallelujah, before it gets raptured, the bride of Christ needs to do one last thing. And it's pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for the Jewish people. You hear about the word of Russia, and that is a nonsense and a foolishness and entertaining to take the focus 
and what the nations are planning against Israel, brothers and sisters. There's nothing else, nothing new under the sun. This is just Russia and the United States playing games to entertain people on something else. But the only real thing they want is to take over Jerusalem, brothers and sisters. What the devil wants, everything else is a game. Hallelujah. Verse 7 of Jeremiah 30, Elah, so the day is great. Great tribulation was what Messiah Jesus said in Matthew 24. Elah, so the day is great. None has been like it. Yeah, the tribulation like it never been before since Messiah Jesus. It is ever at the time of Jacob, trouble. You should be delivered from it, is the Lord speaking. Uh, yeah, Jacob is going in the tribulation, brothers and sisters. Jacob is going in the tribulation. But God is going to deliver Jacob. And those Christians that stay behind, that repent, will also be delivered by the Lord, brothers and sisters. Those that stay behind, they help others to come to Messiah Jesus, to repent. Brothers and sisters, it's going to be such a hard time for people to serve God. Very hard time, I tell you this. But don't give up. No, don't give up. This is what Messiah Jesus said about the tribulation in Luke 20, 21. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst thereof depart out. And let them that are in the country enter therein. Why are there need to enter at the ring? Because the Lord got secret, secure places, hallelujah, around Israel, where he's going to have them go and be protected. The Antichrist will not enter these places. The devil has a limitation. But the devil will not tell you what is God's limitation to him. He don't want you to know that. But you can learn in God's word. What limitation has God put on the devil? Ah, it's in God's word, brothers and sisters. It is in God's word, the limitation God has put onto the devil. And so God has put a limitation to the devil in the tribulation. And a lot of Christians don't even know this. Think that the devil is just going to be rampage doing whatever he wants. That is nonsense. That will never happen. At one time I said this, and Jesus rebuked me and said, no. I'm in control, not the devil, Jesus said to me, but I am. I said, Lord, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm sorry. Praise you, Lord. We need to know God's word. And Jesus is right. He's in control. The Father has given him all authority in heaven and on earth. That's what the word of God says. The devil has no authority in heaven and on earth, neither on earth. All authority has given to Jesus. Who has the key? Hallelujah, of Haiti, of hell, in life, Jesus does. I thank you, Lord. The devil doesn't have the key anymore. Praise you, Lord. But people think the devil is going to do whatever, whatever he wants down here. No, God already has given the devil in his word a limitation. Places that the devil, when he goes to Jerusalem to sit in the temple of God as God, said the apostle Paul to the Colossians, Hallelujah. He will stand in the temple of God as God, pretending to be the Messiah. In other words, thank you, Jesus. But, praise the Lord, he has limitations. 
in the book of in the book of Daniel here. Thank you, Jesus. God has given the devil limitation. Praise the Lord. They're a city of refuge that God has prepared or has separated. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that the devil will not enter, neither his army will enter. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise, hallelujah. Listen to this. In Daniel eleven forty one, he shall enter into the pleasant land. That's Jerusalem. Oh, God, have mercy. It, it, it breaks my heart when I read this verse. It really does because, man, I don't want Jerusalem to come under the hand of the devil again. It was under the hand, the hand of, uh, of King Nebuchadnezzar, brothers and sisters. It was so sad. He shall enter also into the pleasant land, Jerusalem, and many countries shall be overthrown. But these, this is, this is the limitation God has put in the devil, the Antichrist, in the tribulation. But these who escape out of his hand, even Edom, Moab, and the chief of the children of Amen. These are city and town, brothers and sisters. Three city, three town. Two city and one town. Someone looked it up. We, well, I was actually looking it up in the map also of Israel. These cities are still there. Some the name. I believe they have changed it. But they're still there. Edom is still there. Moab is still there. And the chief of the children of Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That makes me uh, towns around there. And these places, these three places in Pacific, the Antichrist cannot enter them. The, the Jewish people can't run to these places and know that there's refuge for them from God. And that the Antichrist, his army, cannot enter these places. Why? Because this is a limitation God is giving him. God said, yes, I'm going to allow him to go to Jerusalem and sit in the temple of God. Because God said in his word, God cannot come against his own word, brothers and sisters. He cannot, hallelujah. He cannot come against his own word. If God said this is going to happen, it's going to happen. Hallelujah. You, you can write it. You can write it on stone. You can write it on steel, however you want to write it, but if God says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. God have mercy. God have mercy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise you, God. But it, it really is that. It really is that. that it's going to happen. Brothers and sisters, hallelujah. But the word of God has to come to pass. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Okay, second second Thessalonians two now. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, look what the apostle said to the brothers and sisters. I just wanted to read the part of the Antichrist sitting in the holy in the in the temple. In case some of you had any doubt, I want to prove it to you by the word. But it says now be uh, now uh, we beseech you, brother, by the concerning of uh, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our, our assembling unto him. I love that word assembling because that is another word for departure or rapture. Thank you, Lord, for that word. Another biblical word because a lot of people say the word rapture is not biblical. They'll cut up, they'll snatch up. It's not biblical, they say. But they are the assembling unto him, meeting the Lord in the cloud. It's another confirmation. Then ye be now surely moved from your mind, or travel neither by spirit nor by word, neither by letter, where if it was from us, although the day of Christ, uh, we are at hand. If it was our hand. Like, it is our hand. We know that because we are in the last day. Let no man, let no man deceive you by any means. 
for the day shall not come. It said that come a departing first. Another word for righteous, departing. And that the man of sin be the close, even the son of perdition. Thank you, Lord. The cashing away is another word, yes. Snatching, cashing, taking home, taking off. Hallelujah. So he said, let no man deceive you by any means. They will try to find different means. The Antichrist is going to use means to deceive people. That's why also. Verse 4. Which is an adversary and a soul and soul against all that is God, a call of God, and that is, that is worshipped. So that, that said it in God, at God in temple, in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. He is Messiah. In other words, praise you, Jesus. He, notice how he uses the word God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So he, he is saying he is the Almighty. He is God. Hallelujah. He is a supreme being, in other words. It's what he's, he's saying he is. An adversary is so himself against all that is called God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that is, that is worship. The devil knows about worship. He's coming against worship. So that he does say that as, as God is the temple of God. Third temple. The Bible calls it the temple of God. A lot of people call, call it. See, a lot of people are, don't, don't say it biblically. They call it the, 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 the Jewish temple. No. It's always been the temple of God. Brothers and sisters, although we are the temple of God, the bride of Christ, and that's a temple that the Jewish people don't know about. The bride of Christ is a temple that the Jewish people don't know about. But see, the, the, the temple, the bride of Christ, is, gets snatched up to heaven. Depart to heaven, brothers and sisters. And then the only next temple that it will be available is the third temple now, which is called the temple of God. That said in the temple of God, in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Praise the Lord. So we know that in order for that to be the temple of God, the tabernacle, hallelujah. Yes, it's so amazing how the temple is laid. Just as Ezekiel describes it. That is awesome, yes. Hallelujah. The tabernacle that disappeared or was disappeared for, for probably for thousands of years. The tabernacle have appeared, and they already have the tabernacle ready to be put in the temple of God. That is amazing, brothers and sisters. God ordered these rabbis, what I heard from history, to take the temple and hide it somewhere in, in, in some country. And praise the Lord, now the temple was, was offered back to Israel as the, as the talk of the construction of the third temple is about. What the Dome of the Rock is, Dome of the Rock is, brothers and sisters, that is the Holy of Holy what in the Temple of Herod and the Temple of Solomon. With the Dome of the Rock, we know it's going to be destroyed, brothers and sisters. When the when when the the the, the dome of the rocket get removed or destroyed, then they be, they'll begin the construction of the third temple. Some rabbis have come up with the idea and saying that the with the with the dome of the rock is not the holy of holy, and he's been wrong. And now my other, the other rabbi have agreed with him. Some people have have sent the have have some who have agreed. In other words. And, and I said, well, you know, he might be right, and, 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 you know. But no, the Dome of the Rock is what the Holy of Holy was. That's why, brothers and sisters, 
the Gentile nation, which back back then I believe was was France over the the the, the, the Arabs. But they knew, they knew by leaders, the leaders knew that what the Dome of the Rock is, brothers and sisters, hallelujah. I believe the Dome of the Rock, as I I heard a testimony of a man of God, who God gave him a revelation about the Dome of the Rock, that it will be destroyed in the beginning of the tribulation. The Dome of the Rock is going to be destroyed at the beginning of the tribulation. I thought that was amazing. And then as the Dome of the Rock is destroyed, uh, God touches the nations to donate material to have the third temple built in a very fast pace, brothers and sisters. Very fast, they're going to build the the third temple because they have all the drawing. The Jewish people have all the drawing for the third temple. They have all 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 the material, all the instrument that they need inside for the third temple. So the, the third temple, practically what they need to do is build it according to, to, the, to the map they have and the requirements and all that. They have engineers, they have scientists, they have everything behind all this idea. And so the third temple will be uh, built exactly how Solomon built it, how Herod and Solomon built it. Hallelujah. It will have everything. It will be very spacious, very big. It will have all the priests. They have young priests for this and all that, selected for this and all that. I, I saw some of the, uh, on the Internet, some of the selection of the priests for the third temple, the one they are about to begin to build, and it was incredible. Brothers and sisters, how they, they do the selection exactly how it was done in the Old Testament. And so they're going to go ahead and, and build the third temple, hallelujah, they have everything. They just need a place. That's, that's, just, that's exactly what I heard. They, 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 the Ark of the Tabernacle was the one missing. And some of the holy vessels that the Catholic Church has, that they said they're going to donate back to Israel. Okay? And, and then some government are going to uh, go ahead and bring the Ark back. The Ark, they know exactly where it is. And the nation has spoken. And then it's going to be brought back the ark back to, to the third temple again. But in order for the ark to be built back, to be brought back to Israel, the third temple building has to begin or, or has to be ready. And this is why the building of the third temple with so many nations that are going to help with all the machinery and all the material, they already know what type of material they're going to use for sure. And they will build this really, really fast. It may take them a few months to build something that it should take years, brothers and sisters, a few months, because uh, the Jewish people believe that Messiah Jesus will, well, Messiah will not return. The Messiah will not return until the third temple is built. And if we read, if we truly look at Matthew 24 very careful, they are right. I, when I heard that idea, hallelujah. When I heard that teaching from the rabbi, the Messiah will not return until the third temple is built, and I look at the word of Jesus, I totally agree with that. I totally agree, because you have to compare it to the word, brothers and sisters. So again, Jesus said in Luke 21, uh, 21, 21, let them which are in Judea flee to the mountain. Let them which are in the midst of their earth depart out, and let them not the, the, them that are in the country enter their in. So these be 
the days of banging to fulfill all things that are written. This is from the Geneva, brothers and sisters. Who is the one taking vengeance? I want you to meditate on this because I know a lot of people don't meditate on this. Who is the one that Jesus, who are the people, whoever, that wants to take vengeance? Hallelujah. Here. I want you to meditate on Rabbi Jesus talking about here. Who is he talking about? For these be the days of vengeance to fulfill all things that are written. Praise the Lord. God is going to take vengeance on his enemy. God is going to take vengeance on his enemy because he has said it. He's going to take vengeance on them, brothers and sisters. All this nonsense will be over with. It's not going to continue. God's going to put an end to his enemy, brothers and sisters. This, is the, this, this will be the days of vengeance. This is the year of tribulation. It's the day of vengeance of the Lord. He said it through his prophet. Let me look it up. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. God is so awesome. Thank you, Jesus. He has said it through his prophet. The day of vengeance of the Lord. In Isaiah 61. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Look at it. Isaiah 61, too. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And the day of vengeance of our God. To come for all the mourn. Why is everybody crying when Messiah returns? Why is everybody crying when Messiah returns? Brothers and sisters, great tribulation going on like it never been before. Of course, everybody will be crying. Everybody is in pain and suffering. The Jewish people are running out of their land to these other small cities, small towns. They're running for their life. Brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. Before this came the gospel, when the gospel will be preached to until all the until all the end, then the end will come. Then the tribulation comes. The, the end is the tribulation. That's what God puts the end to everything. The previous sixth year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to come for all the mourns. The day of Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. That that is a good information. The construction of the third temple, Brother Solomon, it will take six months. That, that's great information. I like that. If you if you look that up from credible source, that's good. Praise the Lord. That's what we want. Help to give good good information out. So the day of vengeance of the Lord. To appoint to them that morning Zion, Jerusalem, and to give unto them a beautiful ashes. Why are there ashes going on? Why are there ashes in Jerusalem? Brothers and sisters, come on, nuclear weapon. All they live is ashes. Fire. Hallelujah. To give unto them beautiful ashes, oil of, of joyful mourning. Why are they mourning? Why are they crying? Brothers and sisters, seven years tribulation is not easy. The garment of gladness and the spirit of heaviness, and the spirit of heaviness that they may be called to your righteousness. Why? It's a, a, hallelujah. Why he had to put a new garment on them and remove the spirit of heaviness? You know how hard it will be for people. You know the kind, the kind of heaviness people will have in the tribulation as they see people dying by tsunami, earthquake, and fire from heaven, and all, all these locusts and all kinds of demons being released. Talking about that, sir, have I dated their machine already? 
In case you didn't know, their machine can withhold now the door for the demon to get out open. Last time, they did a trial the other day, and they went into space right where the demon are, and they held the door open for a few seconds. They had a malfunction that was very expensive to repair, but somehow they were able to repair it, brothers and sisters. And now, according to the engineering scientists, more than 5,000 of them, the machine, uh, in order for the door to be held, to be held open, the machine have to have 1.5 million of force pushing into the cloud to keep the door open for a few minutes or a few seconds. It's what they they did it for a few seconds and worked. They have all of them congratulating each other, happy. The, the engineers were right. They finally got it right this time because they're pushing it to open it. I don't know for how many minutes. They are, they've been talking to these demons back and forward, and they got all the information. Now the machine is ready to keep the door open as long as they want because the machine can now withstand more than the 1.5 in force, a million force into the cloud to keep the, 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 the door open. In other words, for the demon to come out, to come in, brothers and sisters. And so they are congratulating each other. They're very happy, very excited that they have reached to the point where they can get what they want to go and going. They've been talking to the demon. Everybody is happy. They're all happy. But there's only one thing Father God showed me. They're not going to open that door and keep it open until the first day of the tribulation began. So that alone to tell you and I, I, I look up this information online. I like to I like to stay informed when I need to stay informed. Sometimes I come across the information. Praise the Lord. So I, I get a lot of emails from different people, different countries, keeping me informed. Also ministry, they keep me informed almost daily, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. So I, I have good sources of information. Most of them Christians, praise the Lord. And a, a lot of it secular, official information, which I like to. I like to go to the official site to get official information to see what things are. And they, these are good. I also get a lot of information from the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know that, which I share with the people, and then I compare with the information. And it's all accurate, and it's all good, and it's all been coming to pass to the better, brothers and sisters. It's just incredible what the God is doing. Oh, glory be to the Lord, not to me. So, yes. They are ready to open the door and keep it open long enough for them to get what they want, and that means the demon to come across. Now, this is only going to happen, Father told me, or showed me, in the first day of the tribulation. But Father God said to me that he's going to allow them to do this, he says to me, because he's going to use this to punish them. Just like God, hallelujah, allowed the Nephilim after men, after the women married the demon that decided to come in the flesh and marry those women in Genesis chapter 6, God punished that generation by allowing the evil that was going on at the time of Noah. But God also destroyed them from the wickedness and the evil that was continuous in their heart, the Bible says, brothers and sisters. God punished them because the demon married the woman. The woman should have said no. You, you should be watcher. You're supposed to be watching us. You're supposed to be protecting us. Hallelujah. Not, not marrying us. 
The woman should have said no. And the parents of the women should have also said no. Because they all knew the Lord. They all knew God. And that's why God destroyed them. Praise the Lord. And send those demons into the, bottom, the, the, the parents of those demons into the bottomless pit. It locked them up until the day of judgment. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And they are there, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. And they're not getting out. Why are they not getting out? Until the day of judgment, because they are too evil and too wicked. Hallelujah. Listen to this. Jude 1 says, And the angel also, which kept not their first state, but left their own habitation. See, the habitation was a spiritual habitation, was a holy habitation, was where God wanted them to be. They had no right turning into human and marrying those women. They were holy and perfect. They had their own holy habitation. He has reserved an everlasting change on the darkness unto the judgment of that great day. This is two one six. And so why throne judgment? They're there, that's it. God punished them. Brothers and sisters, they must have done great works before, but when they decided to do this, they have full knowledge of what they were doing. Praise the Lord. They have full knowledge. Now, why a lot of people are rejecting the book of Enoch? Why? I tell you why, there's one reason, and I thank the Lord for this. Listen to this. A lot of people will not agree with me on this, but I'm going to say this. The number one reason why people reject the book of Enoch is because Enoch got raptured. Enoch got her apostle. Enoch got taken up by us by God. Enoch was snatched by God to heaven. And it was the first rapture registered in the Bible. And because if you agree that the, Enoch, the book of Enoch is of God, you also will have to agree with the rapture. But because over 90% of the church don't believe in the rapture, they now also will not believe in the book of Enoch. How do you like that now? Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. If not, they're not, they're not going to agree. Of course not, because they, they will have to believe in the rapture. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. They will have to believe. They will have to believe in the righteous. In that idea, mm-mm. they don't want that idea. Now, look look at this. Uh, Jude one fourteen. And Enoch, also seven from Adam. Are we talking about the same Enoch? Yes, it is. Enoch, because it's seven from Adam. It's the same generation. Hallelujah. That, the seven generation, the seven one that came out of Adam. Brothers and sisters, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, Enoch, also seven from Adam, prophesy of such. Uh, in order for you to prophesy, you have to be a prophet. Normally, it's what we know in the Word in the Bible. So the Bible says that Enoch was a prophet, brothers and sisters. Usually prophets have writer, if, they're not, if they did not write, like the apostle did, Hallelujah. Some of the apostles were writers, but the prophet had writers, not all the prophets knew how to write, that were write for them the prophecy that God will give them, brothers and sisters. So that means he had, that would have to have his own book. In other words, Enoch also, seven from Adam, prophesy of such, saying, Behold, the Lord come with thousands of his saints. Wait a minute. What prophecy is this, Brother Enoch? We're going to have to research this in the Bible. 
What do you mean that the Lord comes with thousands of his saints? Are you prophesying about Messiah Jesus, Enoch? Of course he is prophesying about Messiah Jesus. Hallelujah. Of course he is. Of course he is. Hallelujah. Enoch died way before. Hallelujah. Way, way before the Apostle John and them. Hallelujah. Way before. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. But how can then his prophecy, hallelujah, be so accurate and compared to the prophecy of others in the New Testament and in the Old Testament? What Enoch prophesied is in the Old Testament and it's in the New Testament exactly, hallelujah, how other prophets have saw it or saw it. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now, in, John, in, in Revelation 19, verse 10 says, And I saw before his feet to worship him, but he said unto me, See that thou do it, I am now thy fellow servant, the one brother which, are, which have the testimony of Jesus, worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. If there any prophecy in the Bible, it can only be done by the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters. And that Holy Spirit, it is Messiah himself. There is no way in the, in the Bible, in the Word of God, in creation, that anyone can prophesy from God that the Holy Spirit of God or the Lord directly will not be involved. He is the Spirit who used Enoch and I used the prophet and the disciple, and it's the same Lord. That is one of the proof that Enoch was used by Jesus, by the Lord. Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Whatever Enoch said came directly from the Lord, in other words. And I saw the heaven open, behold, a white horse, and he that set up on him was called faithful and true, and he judges and fighteth righteously. This is exactly what Enoch is saying to us, brothers and sisters. This is the thousands that comes with him in the white horse that Enoch sees. Hallelujah. His eye was a flame of fire, and his hair was of many crowns, and he had a name written so that no man knew by himself, and he was clothed with garments deep and in blood, and his name is for the word of God. There you go, the word of God. And the horse which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed with fine linen and white and pure. There is a thousand of hosts. Hosts can be composed, if you can look it up yourself, only by thousands. Someone was talking about that. Hosts. Hosts, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thousands that Enoch saw prophesied, thousands will come with him. He's seeing Jesus coming in the cloud with thousands. Brothers and sisters, Enoch saw this. Praise the Lord. And, oh, no, in the book of Enoch, you know, excuse me, you be careful. Praise the Lord. You got to compare it by the word of God. Thank you, Lord. And as we compare it to the word of God, the word is within the word of God. Hallelujah. Another word came by Rabbi Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Rev, uh, Matthew twenty four thirty. Then shall appear the signs of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the kingdoms of the earth mourn. And then shall see the Son of Man come in the great clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall say his angel with great sound of trumpet. And they shall gather together the elect from what four for the four winds, and from one end of the heaven to the other. He's coming with great glory. He is coming in the cloud. He does say he's coming with thousands. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The word of God confirms everything he says. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And it's in the, it's in the word of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He is coming. He is coming with thousands of Enoch stuff. Everything Enoch said is true. It's out of the Word of God. It's in the Word of God, in the Old Testament and the New Testament. So then how can you, if you compare it with the Word, the Word tells you that it is. It is if it is. Hallelujah. Enoch also, the servant from Adam, prophesied of such things. Behold, the Lord coming with thousands of his saints to give judgment against all men and to rebuke all the ungodly men. Them are all the wicked deeds, of their wicked deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and all the cruel speaking which wicked sinners have spoken against him. Why is the apostle here, Jude, saying this unless he read this from the writing of Enoch himself? Because all the Jewish people, including the rabbi, had all these writings. They had them. They had the copy of the writings. There was nothing new to them. But the last day church should have all a copy of this. But a lot of copy are being kept secret. The death crow is the one helping people with some of the information that are coming out. But there's a lot of books that are hidden. Praise the Lord. But God said that in the last day, his knowledge will cover the earth as the water covers the sea. It's going to come out. No matter not, there's nothing hidden that will not come out to light, brothers and sisters. It's going to come out. No matter whoever they want to keep it close and say, oh, no, God is going to make it come out, and God is going to confirm it too. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 16. These are murmurers, complaining, walking after the old lust, whose mouths speak proud things, having men, persons, and admiration because they are their advantage, of advantage. In other words, because they have money. The advantage they have against the poor. The advantage that the rich have against the poor is the money. They do all this because they have money. More money than the poor. Better life, better home, better car, better this, better that. And that's why they're doing it. Because of the money. That's why it's hard for a rich to enter into heaven, brothers and sisters. Very hard. Very difficult. According to the teaching of Jesus. But she beloved, remember the word which I spoken before the apostle of our Lord Jesus Christ. How they have told you that there should be marker in the last day. We should walk after the own ungodly lust. It's all about themselves. How much they can eat, how well they can eat, and how well they can dress. Hallelujah. They got their own driver, their own mansion, their own plane, their own everything. It's all about them, what they want. They're enjoying life. Anybody else is suffering, they're enjoying life. 
And then they want to tell you, oh, that's not of God. This is not a God. They have no discernment. They walk out of the, the old flesh. How can they have any discernment? You got to seek the true God about all this stuff. The Lord is the one that reveals what is of God and what is not. Uh, someone was telling me, Brother Elvie, people got to have discernment. And, and um, okay, you cannot have discernment without Jesus. Let me tell you this, because a lot of people don't even understand what the sermon is. The only one that can help you discern what is a God and what is not a God is the Lord. It's the Holy Spirit in you. If you had not the Holy Spirit, how can you have the sermon? Especially if you're backsliding, if you look warm, how can you have any of the sermon? You can only have the sermon if you're truly seeking the Lord, and the Lord is with you. Then the Lord gives you the sermon. But a lot of people are talking about discernment when they're not even close with the Lord. They're not walking with the Lord. They're talking about discernment. There's no discernment without the Lord. There's no discernment without the Lord. How can a lukewarm, a person in sin or doing this, doing that, praise the Lord, but no God in their heart have discernment. That's just impossible. What a lot of people say is nonsense. Nonsense. You got to walk with the Lord. The Lord is the one that reveals to you what is of him and what is not. It has to be the Lord. That's what the Lord reminded me when I questioned these, these things. So he says, I'm the one that gives the sermon. Okay. There you go. He revealed to me it's him. Praise the Lord. And I'm like, oh, wow, that is so true. No one can have the sermon without the Lord. I was kind of questioning certain things. And the Lord made it very clear to me. It is him that gives up the sermon. It is the Lord. No way you can have the sermon without the Lord. That's what a lot of people are doing. They're claiming to have the sermon without Jesus. That's impossible. That is impossible. Praise the Lord. It's like saying a lukewarm bride, say she's going home in the rapture when she lukewarm. It's impossible. It's impossible. Bible tells you the requirements of things. I thank you, Lord, of glory to Jesus, not to me. Thank you, Lord. That's why the Bible says very clear in Daniel that the wicked will not understand. Brothers and sisters, it's impossible. How can he understand if, if he had not the Holy Spirit who teaches us all things? Why do we know this thing? Because we got the Holy Spirit who teaches us all things. He helps us understand the things that are very difficult to understand. The wicked have no understanding of the things of God. But we have a lot of wicked explaining the things of God. <laughs> Excuse me, somebody. How can the wicked explain the word of God? Accurate. Well, he is not even walking with God. I've been questioning that for years. How? That's why the Lord revealed to me I, that he is the one that gives us discernment. No one have any discernment without Christ. But a lot of people claiming without Christ that they have discernment. You got Bible teachers teaching the Bible, but they're not even walking with the Lord. Praise the Lord. And that is so sad. It's so sad, but they got thousands of followers. Thousands of followers they have. That is so sad. But that cannot work that way. That's why there's so much confusion. That's why there's so much confusion. Brothers and sisters, but hallelujah. God have mercy. May God have mercy. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. More time is short. Jesus is coming back. We need to be ready to meet the Lord in the cloud, brothers and sisters, because he is coming back. Praise the Lord. I think the order that I was preparing has got to be ready by now. Praise the Lord. And thank you, Lord. I want to. This is a regard 
So the two-state solution, which uh, was spoken, hallelujah, see the confirmation that what I've been talking about is not something that I'm making up. This is something that's been happening. Hallelujah. It's been on the news, and, and they signed this peace treaty in secret, and they did not want anyone to know or to find out what they did. Praise the Lord. But uh, God reveals the, the secret, the hidden things. It is God who reveals them to us, the Lord. So whatever they're doing in secret, thinking that no one is going to know, they are wrong. I tell you right now, they are wrong. They're making a big mistake. God will always reveal these things to us, brothers and sisters, and we will talk about it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We will talk about these things because uh, God's people will be informed. God will reveal it to us. And we will talk about Are you day. serious? Are you serious? You're looking at Samatov. I interviewed him along with Stephen Vindanoon. We interviewed him in Jerusalem last week. He revealed something uh, that there was a secret two-state solution deal that had been signed. And it happened under the when Ariel Sharon was still Prime Minister of Israel. I'm going to play his minute-and-a-half explanation of what he was told. But uh, yesterday, breaking Israeli news just came out with an article. Opposition leader Herzog has signed, did sign a secret agreement to turn the West Bank over to President Mahmoud Abbas and the Palestinian Authority. Um, and I'm going to tell you, has, is this deal done? Well, you decide. Let, let's listen right now first to Samatov as he explains. Uh, Samatov has his own YouTube channel, and also his, his, his parents are the survivors of the Holocaust, both his mother and father. And so he lives in Israel. He's a Messianic Jew. Uh, he loves the Lord. And uh, wow, check this out without mentioning names but several years ago I was at a Bible study and we got a phone call and it was a woman that was a very close aide to Ariel Sharon she was weeping uncontrollably on the telephone and after a few minutes finally calmed her down said what's going on she said I've just been in the boardroom in the Knesset and they just there was a number of dignitaries from United States from a number of countries in Europe and they just essentially agreed to a division of the state of Israel and Jerusalem and it's it was signed by the, the Prime Minister and then all of these different people and I don't know if it's important all the names right now because I don't want to jeopardize anybody's life but I'll tell you there was something put in place at that time and I've watched, like I just explained to you, I've watched the infrastructure begin to be put in place. People are saying there will never be a Palestinian state. I'm sorry, it's already here. We've got Palestinian police in Jerusalem. We've got signs that me, a Jew, I'm not allowed to go into the most Jewish cities in the world, Bethlehem, Shechem, Jericho. If I come to those places, there's a big sign there in red saying, you're not allowed in here, and you could be killed. Samato is telling you, now again, I interviewed him as well as Stephen Bendenoon, 
And out of that uh, interview, Danun asked him the question, this is when Samatov began to, you know, he's been there watching these, what looks like checkpoints are being built in different locations, which are not even a border area between, uh, you know, uh, the Palestinian-held territories and Israel. These are just out of nowhere. They're popping up everywhere. And so let me read to you an article that just came out now by uh, Breaking Israeli News. Opposition leader Herzog had signed a secret agreement to turn the West Bank over to Abbas. Now, this is not the same agreement that Samatov is talking about. Samatov is talking about an agreement to begin the process of a two-state solution while still under Ariel Sharon. And he says they've been slowly building the infrastructure for this to finally be implemented. The On the eve of 2015 elections, Isaac Herzog, head of the Labor Party and then favorite to win the premiership, reached a dramatic deal with Palestinian Authority President Maoud Abbas, a secret agreement that included far-reaching concessions. According to a copy of the document, which was leaked to Israel's Channel 10 News on Sunday, and I really believe this happened because our interview with Samato, I believe that when um, Stephen Benanoon asked him the question about all these different infrastructural uh, things, and we've seen it. I mean, I drove all around. We With, with Stephen Benanoon, we went to Caesarea. We went to Haifa. We went to Tel Aviv. We went to the Golan Heights. We were at the Sea of Galilee. We drove all over. We walked all over Jerusalem, all over the place. You see the beginning structures being built of what looks like coming checkpoints. And Stephen Benanoon has a lot of it on pictures of it. And so, um, anyway, according to this agreement, so this is a second agreement. You have the original secret agreement that Samatov is talking about that took place under Ariel Sharon that he believes was signed. And now we have this agreement, which has been leaked to the Channel 10 News in Israel. And according to the report, the agreement included transferring 100% of the disputed territories of Judea and Samaria to the Palestinian Authority control, including Eastern Jerusalem and its neighborhoods annexed near there in Israel, what they call annexed in Israel. But of course, Israel took it in this 1967 uh, six-day war. So you say, Paul, what does this got to do with Bible prophecy? Oh, my Lord, have mercy. Let's go to Matthew 24 for just a moment. And let me tell you, Jesus was asked a question about, can you tell us the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Jesus goes through all kinds of things, false Christ, false prophets, uh, wars and rumors of wars and pestilences and famines and diseases and earthquakes and, and, and talks about a lot of Christians being persecuted and thrown in prisons and even put to death and, and, and all of these things he talks about. And he even talks about the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. But when you go to verse 16, he starts talking about Jews in Judea and Samaria who actually have to flee. Get this, in verse 16. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. 
Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. And uh, But pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. So this is obviously Jews who are, that are keeping the Sabbath in Judea that are going to have to flee, and they're going to have to flee fast. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Folks, I'm telling you, we're living in the end times. The signs are everywhere. So get this. I, uh, uh, we interviewed Samato. Now you know that I also interviewed Rabbi Yehuda Glick. And we've already posted that, just portions of that interview uh, while I was still in Jerusalem where Glick said there's no more two-state solution. No more. There can't be a marriage without a bridegroom and a bride. I don't want to hear another word about a two-state solution, basically, because it's not going to happen. They had their chance in 1947, he said. They had their chance in 1967. They had their chance to get it done in 2000. They didn't do it. It's over. It's not going to happen. All right, that's the hard-line position of Yehuda Glick and Benjamin Netanyahu. But the opposition leader, Isaac Herzog, he had already done a deal that if he gets in power, that he will divide the land. And he signed that document last year in 2015 on the eve of the election of which he did not win. So the document was meant as a basis for a future peace agreement between Israel and the Palestinian Authority, according to Herzog's faction. Uh, Herzog confirmed the document's authenticity in writing. He sent a statement into Channel 10 and confirmed, yes, this deal was signed. And he said it was signed because if I won, I was going to bring peace. And the, he, the way his peace, he said this would be part of a peace deal. So, folks, we were that close. We were that close in 2015. If Benjamin Netanyahu, if he had lost and not won the election and Herzog had won, you would not just be hearing about a leaked document. You would be watching a signed document proclaimed to the world and the parting of the land. Now, according to Samatov, this secret deal has already been made and the infrastructure is already being in the process of being put in place. And it was signed while Ariel Sharon was in power. He was the prime minister and Shimon Perez was the president. All right. So I'm just giving you something. Now, one last thing. Who are the Jews of Samaria and Judea? Well, the, uh, according to uh, Rabbi Glick, and I was in his office last week, sitting there across the desk from him, and you can actually watch a couple segments of that interview. I posted it last night, uh, but it, I was watching some of the other footage that's going to go in the television special. He says to me, there's 40,000 Jews that live in Judea and Samaria, That's the and they are his constituents. 
And I'm thinking to myself, that's the Jews that have to flee to Petra. And Oral Roberts has already put 80,000 Bibles in Petra for when the Jews have to flee based on this scripture I just read to you. And that's Matthew chapter 24, 16 through 21. Folks, are you serious? I'll be back with more current world events and how they relate to Bible prophecy. Are you serious? Are you serious? Something biblical is going on with the signs of the second coming of Christ. Give your life to Jesus Christ because we're running out of time. Are you serious? Opposition leader Herzog has signed, did sign a secret agreement to turn the West Bank over to President Mahmoud Abbas and the Palestinian Authority. Um, and I'm going to tell you, has, is this deal done? Well, 
you decide. Let, let's listen right now first to Samanto as he explains. Uh, Samanto has his own YouTube channel, and also his he's, his parents are the survivors of the Holocaust, both his mother and father. And so he lives in Israel. He's a Messianic Jew. Uh, he loves the Lord. And uh, wow, check this out. Without mentioning names, but several years ago, I was at a Bible study, and we got a phone call. And it was a woman that was a very close aide to Ariel Sharon. She was weeping uncontrollably on the telephone. And after a few minutes, finally calmed her down and said, what's going on? She said, I've just been in the boardroom in the Knesset, and they just, there was a number of dignitaries from the United States, from a number of countries in Europe, and they just essentially agreed to a division of the state of Israel and Jerusalem. And it's, it was signed by the, the prime minister and all of these different people. And I don't know if it's important, all the names right now, because I don't want to jeopardize anybody's life. But I'll tell you, there was something put in place at that time. And I've watched, like I just explained to you, I've watched the infrastructure begin to be put in place. People are saying there will never be a Palestinian state. I'm sorry, it's already here. We've got Palestinian police in Jerusalem. We've got signs that me, a Jew, are not allowed to go into the most Jewish cities in the world, Bethlehem, Shechem, Jericho. If I come to those places, there's a big sign there in red saying, you're not allowed in here, and you could be killed. Samato is telling you, now again, I interviewed him as well as Stephen Ben-Danun, and out of that uh, interview, Danun asked him the question, this is when Samato began to, you know, he's been there watching these, what looks like checkpoints are being built in different locations which are not even a border area between, uh, you know, uh, the Palestinian-held territories and Israel. These are just out of nowhere. They're popping up everywhere. And so let me read to you an article that just came out now by uh, Breaking Israeli News. Opposition leader Herzog had signed a secret agreement to turn the West Bank over to Abbas. Now, this is not the same agreement that Samatov is talking about. Samatov is talking about an agreement to begin the process of a two-state solution while still under Ariel Sharon. And he says they've been slowly building the infrastructure for this to finally be implemented. The, on the eve of 2015 elections, Isaac Herzog, head of the Labor Party and then favorite to win the premiership, reached a dramatic deal with Palestinian Authority President Maoud Abbas, a secret agreement that included far-reaching concessions. According to a copy of the document, which was leaked to Israel's Channel 10 News on Sunday, and I really believe this happened because our interview with Samato, I believe that when um, Stephen Ben-Danun asked him the question about all these different infrastructural uh, things, and we've seen it. I mean, I drove all around. We, with, with Stephen Ben-Danun, we went to Caesarea. We went to Haifa. We went to... Tel Aviv, we went to the Golan Heights, we were at the Sea of Galilee, we drove all over, we walked all over Jerusalem, all over the place, you see the beginning 
structures being built of what looks like coming checkpoints. And Stephen Benenun has a lot of it on pictures of it. And so, um, anyway, according to this agreement, so this is a second agreement. You have the original secret agreement that Samatov is talking about that took place under Ariel Sharon that he believes was signed. And now we have this agreement, which has been leaked to the Channel 10 News in Israel. And according to the report, the agreement included transferring 100% of the disputed territories of Judea and Samaria to the Palestinian Authority control, including Eastern Jerusalem and its neighborhoods annexed near there in Israel, what they call annexed in Israel. But of course, Israel took it in this 1967 uh, six-day war. So you say, Paul, what does this got to do with Bible prophecy? Oh, my Lord, have mercy. Let's go to Matthew 24 for just a moment. And let me tell you, Jesus was asked the question about, can you tell us the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Jesus goes through all kinds of things, false Christ, false prophets, uh, wars and rumors of wars and pestilences and famines and diseases and earthquakes and, and, and talks about a lot of Christians being persecuted and thrown in prisons and even put to death and, and, and all of these things he talks about. And he even talks about the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. But when you go to verse 16, he starts talking about Jews in Judea and Samaria who actually have to flee. Get this, in verse 16. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. And uh, But pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. So this is obviously Jews who are, that are keeping the Sabbath in Judea that are going to have to flee, and they're going to have to flee fast. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Folks, I'm telling you, we're living in the end times. The signs are everywhere. So get this. I, uh, uh, we interviewed Samatov. Now, you know that I also interviewed Rabbi Yehuda Glick. And we've already posted that, just portions of that interview uh, while I was still in Jerusalem, where Glick said there's no more two-state solution. No more. There can't be a marriage without a bridegroom and a bride. I don't want to hear another word about a two-state solution, basically, because it's not going to happen. They had their chance in 1947, he said. They had their chance in 1967. They had their chance to get it done in 2000. They didn't do it. It's over. It's not going to happen. All right, that's the hard-line position of Yehuda Glick and Benjamin Netanyahu. But the opposition leader, Isaac Herzog, he had already done a deal that if he gets in power, that he will divide the land. 
and he signed that document last year in 2015 on the eve of the election of which he did not win. So the document was meant as a basis for a future peace agreement between Israel and the Palestinian Authority, according to Herzog's faction. Uh, Herzog confirmed the document's authenticity in writing. He sent a statement into Channel 10 and confirmed, yes, this deal was signed. And he said it was signed because if I won, I was going to bring peace. And the, he, the way his peace, he said this would be part of a peace deal. So, folks, we were that close. We were that close in 2015. If Benjamin Netanyahu, if he had lost and not won the election and Herzog had won, you would not just be hearing about a leaked document. You would be watching a signed document proclaimed to the world and the parting of the land. Now, according to Samatov, this secret deal has already been made and the infrastructure is already being in the process of being put in place. And it was signed while Ariel Sharon was in power. He was the prime minister and Shimon Perez was the president. All right. So I'm just giving you some. Now, one last thing. Who are the Jews of Samaria and Judea? Well, the, uh, according to uh, Rabbi Glick, and I was in his office last week, sitting there across the desk from him, and you can actually watch a couple segments of that interview. I posted it last night. Uh, but it, I was watching some of the other footage that's going to go in the television special. He says to me, there's 40,000 Jews that live in Judea and Samaria. That's the no And they are his constituents. And I'm thinking to myself, that's the Jews that have to flee to Petra. And Oral Roberts has already put 80,000 Bibles in Petra for when the Jews have to flee based on this scripture I just read to you. And that's Matthew chapter 24, 16 through 21. Folks, are you serious? I'll be back with more current world events and how they relate to Bible prophecy. Are you serious? Are you serious? Something Biblical is going on with the signs of the second coming of Christ. Give your life to Jesus Christ because we're running out of time. Are you serious? Eric Tov, Chavriman, Stephen Benun, you're watching Israeli News Live here in Jerusalem. The menorah in the background here, the one that will be used in the third temple once that is actually constructed. And we're going to be talking about that tonight with Pastor Paul Begley from the United States. There's a television channel, The Coming Apocalypse, as well as uh, his YouTube channel, Paul Begley 34. Brother Begley, God bless you, my brother, and Great thank God. you for being on here with us. It's an honor. And uh, Pastor Bagley happened to be at the Knesset, and I actually was there with him when interviewing uh, uh, Rabbi Yehuda Glick at the Knesset about 
the two-state solution. And Pastor Beglia, can you tell us a little bit about what was said in that interview? You know, uh, in the conversation, what happened is the United Nations, basically 20 nations of the world have gathered in France and were working on a two-state solution that would be a resolution brought before the UN that would be voted on, they want to vote it on, to do a forcible two-state solution. The problem is, I said to Yehuda Glick, Rabbi Yehuda Glick, I said, you know, Israel's not at the table and neither is the Palestinians. So do you realize that they're trying to force this two-state solution? And he was pretty adamant, I mean, very adamant, that, uh, look, they had their chance in 1947, they had their chance in 1967, they had their chance in the year 2000. And uh, it failed. It's, it's, it's over. No more two-state solution. And so he even mentioned... Um, about the fact that how can you have a marriage unless there's a groom and a bridegroom? Yes, he was actually quoting Prime Minister Netanyahu in his remarks what he had said about uh, the two states or the French meeting there in France when he had actually stated that you cannot have a marriage without a bride and a bridegroom. That's where he actually takes that from. And what's fascinating is when this interview, we were there uh, helping you film the interview with Rabbi Glick. And I like to fell out of the seat when I heard him say, it's over. There's, there is no more two-state. And he's like you said, he said, he named the dates, 1947, just before they fought for the independence. Uh, and, and that's interesting in itself. A lot of people may not realize, why would they be talking about two states back then? This was because the British mandate had already given what would be the Palestinians today the land in Jordan because there was a mandate for the, Jordan, for, for the Arabic people living in this land to live in the country of Jordan. There was no country of Jordan. No. So this was their chance then, but they did not go. Just right. as the British mandate had given the Jewish people their own place, their own state, and what happened in 1948, the Jewish people ended up having to fight for that right to have their own state there. Right. Now... We did an interview, uh, Pastor Bagley, with Shimon Tope. You had also interviewed him yeah. as well. And he brought out something that just stunned both of us because you were there as well. And Shimon Tope said that uh, he didn't give the date. We're assuming it was the year 2000. But uh, he was, back when Ariel Sharon was Prime Minister of Israel, he shared with us that, uh, that one lady that was in the cabinet meeting there with United States delegation also, I believe those Palestinians were there as well. Other people were there. And a two-state solution was actually signed that day. Now, she came, she uh, contacted uh, Brother uh, Shimon Tov, weeping uncontrollably. Yes. And you are a witness to this as well as I am yes. of what he said, uh, weeping uncontrollably when he calmed her down. She said to him, because he asked, why are you weeping like this? She says, I just witnessed a two-state solution deal has been signed. Can you elaborate on what you heard as well? I heard him say it, and, uh, and he said it with uh, such, pa you know, basically he was to the point where he was reacting again as if he heard it again for the first time. It had been uh, 16 years, I'm assuming, and... He said she literally was distraught because she knew the significance of a two-state solution. And now when this thing was secretly signed, it was to be implemented over time. What's amazing about that is 
throughout the city, every time, every year I come back here, there's more and more and more changes. What looks like potential uh, border crossings in the middle of areas that should never worry about a border. Okay, so we're seeing a lot of new infrastructure, new signage in the old city. Uh, there seems to be a, 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 an atmosphere of slowly boiling Israel into a two-state solution. It's almost like you can see it happening without anybody saying it. It's hid in plain sight. And I heard him say that this is a very reparable man. Believe me, he's not going to lie about that. And uh, exactly. so something happened under Ariel Sharon and uh, Shimon Perez. Something happened in that meeting that um, may may been in the process of still being trying to be implemented. And I think your current prime minister now, Benjamin Netanyahu, as well as now the new Knesset member, uh, Rabbi Yehuda Glick, and others are building a coalition of digging in their heels and saying, no, it's over. I agree with you. You know, myself as well as Pastor Bagley, we both aired uh, programs regarding the news. On uh, I brought out the side from Shimon Tov, as well as the information of what Rabbi Yehuda Glick had said. Uh, Pastor Begley had given us uh, permission with Israeli News Live to be able to air the footage from uh, Rabbi Yehuda Glick, where he was saying basically that the two-state deal was dead. Uh, but let me just share something with you, though, in, in light of that. It brought a lot of confusion around because I had titled my uh, own video, <laughs> "A Two-State Solution." Or the two-state uh, two-state solution has been signed. Sounded like an explosion in the background there. I heard the that. Was, I heard that. A uh, gunshot a minute ago, but now it was like a small explosion there. But anyway, then Pastor Begley had signed, uh, did his video, and your title of your video was Two-State Solution is Death." And everybody was saying they were writing us both. Wait a minute, you guys are you, you both are supposed to be in agreement pretty much on everything, and now it sounds like you're doing differently. And what it was was Pastor Begley was bringing out only Yehuda Glick's side. He has not brought out the part from Shimon Tov as of yet. He will though. He has the footage of that video, yeah. which we have not aired as yet either. The interview, but that will air later this week. Brother Begley, no telling when he'll air it, but he'll be airing it pretty soon as well. And we want you to hear that, but here's what's interesting that I noticed in the interview, uh, Brother Begley. When we got, when I was listening to Rabbi Yehuda Glick, and Rabbi Yehuda Glick, he brought out, when he was talking about, he said there's no two-state solution anymore. Anymore. I did not catch that when he first said it, but when I heard it then, Pastor Begley, especially afterwards, this was only hindsight, I was beginning to think, wait a minute, they know about what happened with Ariel Sharon. Right. And, and, and now this is, this is normally, let me just say this here, because I always like to look at the prophecy behind what's going on here, but when you look at Daniel, the prophet of Israel, and we look at what Daniel said in chapter 11 and verse 14, he speaks about in there, in English, in the KJV, the Bible that most Christians use, you don't catch the full meaning of it. You have to go to Hebrew, but it literally says this. The angel Gabriel says to Daniel, the sons of the lawless will actually try to marry the vision. I couldn't help but think when he quoted Prime Minister Netanyahu that when he says that, I thought of Daniel 11. I like to fell out of my seat because I know that's what he says, the sons of the lawless. Now, Rabbi Glick and Prime Minister Netanyahu are not the sons of the lawless. Now, I want no, to make sure that's no. clear. But here's the thing, though. 
always knew Shimon Peres, who had sold out to Israel in doing these agreements with the Palestinians, was definitely one of those sons of the lawless. When I heard that Ariel Sharon had signed that two-state solution in contradiction to Joel's prophecy that we're not to divide the land, I became very seriously concerned, and I could not help but wonder, was that the sons of the lawless? But then I also knew, Pastor Begley, that the marriage that Prime Minister Netanyahu was talking about that you can't have, uh, the, without the bride and bridegroom, you can't have the marriage. Right. Now we knew what that, that marriage of that vision was all about. We were literally looking at the vision. Right. Uh, and that marriage, by the way, is in Isaiah 61 and chapter 62. It's the restoration of Israel as a nation, and they're trying to bring it about without the coming of the Mashiach. And that is Yeshua, who we know. Brother Begley, kind of comment on these things as well. What's well, you know, it's, it's amazing because... You picked up on that when he said that in that interview uh, with Yehuda Glick, and uh, and the fact that uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu had already made this a very uh, emphasis on this marriage, and that they had tried and tried. Matter of fact, I even thought back to when John Kerry, the Secretary of State, did the nine month when he said, "Okay, yeah. we're going to take nine months to see if we can deliver these two state solution." Well. I knew there was prophecy that talked about Rebecca when she was pregnant and how that in the Lord said to her, and she was struggling with the pregnancy. And she said, Lord, you know, she went to the Lord, inquired of the Lord, and the Lord said, in your womb is two nations and two manner of people. Now, uh, when you think about that, I think they actually thought, the Obama administration, that he could take these nine months and birth these two nations. But you see, prophecy doesn't work that way. It doesn't work on man's timetable. It works on God's. And so even though uh, Ariel Sharon, let's say, and Sharon Perez and some of the others, and there were American delegation there as well as European delegation, and who knows, maybe, maybe Rome was there, I don't know. But one thing's for sure, they thought this two-state solution, they're trying to birth it over a, maybe a 20-year period. Yes. Um, and Obama wanted to birth it in nine months. God, look, God already warned against this. You don't want to touch the apple of God's eye. You're not going to do this. Uh, so there will be a division, but you read about it in Zechariah 14. And it's more of a attack that comes upon this city right here. Yes. Half the city falls temporarily. It looks like it's going to completely fall. But the Lord will fight the battle. And nowhere do I really read of where it will be divided Certainly, God's not intending that it happen. If there is a compromise, it will be maybe to build the third temple. And that's the only way I can see that ever really coming about. And that might be after maybe a war, like a Psalms 83 war. I don't know. But I see right now there's an attitude in this nation digging in their heels. Yes. There's going to have to be, you're going to have to pry it out of their hands. And I don't see that happening very easily. I don't either, Pastor Begley, and I, I am in agreement with you on that as well, because what I'm seeing myself is that it was Yasser Arafat that caused that deal to collapse. In fact, that's what exactly. the prophecy of Daniel says as well. When you finish that verse in verse 14, he says, and they shall stumble. I think it's fall in the KJV, but it's stumble in the Hebrew Bible. And this is what has happened. Uh, the, the deal stumbled. They, tr they, they made the two-state solution. It was signed. But I also heard that Yasser Arafat, when he heard that they wanted to build the third temple on the, on, the, on the Temple Mount alongside the Dome of the Rock, he then refused to allow it. 
And this is where, then of course, he mysteriously dies. Now, Israel has been blamed for the death of Yasser Arafat, but I have wondered if it wasn't an inside uh, job done by possibly, uh, well, I won't blame names on this one here, but uh, there's some people very close to the Palestinians, and it's not Israelis, so I do not believe it was Israelis. I'll just say it like that okay. for this broadcast here. Uh, one thing else, Pastor Begley, before we uh, end this broadcast here, we know that today in the United States there has been a terrorist attack. It was done by a, a Muslim man. Yep. Uh, he has killed more than 50 people. I think they consider it the largest number of deaths in a terrorist attack. I think it was 49 or something like that. 50. Wounded. 50 wounded. Uh, there was 50 killed and 53 wounded. 53 wounded. Now, the trouble that I have with this is Pastor Bagley just shared with me tonight that Obama is blaming this now on gun ownership. And taking the idea completely away from what's really happening. You know, instead of saying it was truly a terrorist attack, he mentions nothing about the fact that it was a Muslim man that did the job. He says nothing about that. Now, if he does that in America, what do you think he does with the Israeli people? He's not right. treating them right either. No, he's not. And the Israeli people are constantly being bombarded by terrorists constantly in this country. And then the Obama administration throws the Israeli people under the bus, has no concern or love for the people, as he's doing the American people right now in this latest incident in their country. Can you elaborate? Yes, it's, it's a terrible situation. Fifty people were killed. Fifty-three were wounded. The man that shot him, his name was Omar Mateen. His parents from Afghanistan. He was radicalized and was in, went into this nightclub and murdered 50 Americans and injured 53. He did it on Pentecost, which is, of course, 50. Okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, it's a horrible scene. The President of the United States just spoke maybe 30 minutes ago, never once mentioned radical Islam, never mentioned uh, the motivation of the uh, apparently, never said it was a, a terrorist attack, but blamed the gun owners of America and said all we got to do is take away these guns or limit the guns and we can stop this and that's not the problem the american citizens are not bringing this upon themselves and so we should learn it from america we should learn what they know here in israel and that is you know if you want to defend yourself you got to have something to fight with okay and the israeli people understand that our problem in america is our president of the united states and many others uh, do not understand or refuse to acknowledge who the enemy really is and where it's coming. And tonight, 50 people are dead and 53 are wounded in the worst terror attack since 9-11, and our president doesn't even think it's a terror attack. So I'm standing here today saying to you in Jerusalem to pray for America, just like I pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I say pray for America because we need some strong leadership we need some folks that have a clue what's really going on and to take a stand. Uh, because if America's weakened, then the entire free world is weakened, yes. including this nation. At some, uh, yeah, look, we have to work together is what I'm saying. So um, I'm very disturbed by this. Yes. Thank you, Pastor Begley, for being with us here on Israeli News Live. One thing let me just say in closing here to the Israeli people that are watching tonight Rabbi Yudaglik once again has said that the two-state solution is over. over. It is finished. Over. He is fighting for it. He is now in the Knesset. And I believe, I can't say that he speaks for Prime Minister Netanyahu, but that's his own words there. So 
pray for Israel, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, stand with our Israeli brothers and sisters because they need it in this hour here that we're living in. Shalom from Israel. Shalom. and praise uh, I would like to share to each and every one my dream this July the second and it has something to do with the wedding uh, in my first uh, in the dream I saw myself I was in this store like a textile place wherein I've been seeing my classmates in high school they were actually putting uh, pulling pulling different linens like a, like a you know very how do you call like a lace kind of linens in different layers so they pulled it in a row you know and they were like trying to choose and it was like you know open long wide like two to three yards and um they were like looking which one they wanted to you know they wanted to choose and actually i was looking at the upper part because i think they're looking at it it was like brown or gold and i said you know of all the linens that was there i think i i like the you know the brown one so i was telling them you know the brown one or the gold one um looks good so they were looking at it and then suddenly my dream changed again i was uh, i was in this open field not uh, like uh, like on the street i was on the street but then uh it was like surrounded with buildings like probably you know when you are at the mall you have uh, buildings in front of you there's one on the side there's uh you know like in a square kind so i was at the middle of that square and um I saw this lady uh, wearing a nice gown and she was like getting ready to attend um, a party or something and then I told her you know I was already there standing it's like she was asking me you know um, if if uh, you know if the party is already going on it, something like that you know I understand immediately in the mind that uh, she's going to attend the party and then I told her, I said, oh, the party is already done. It was done earlier, you know. And then the lady was like frustrated because she's all dressed up in a wedding gown. And she was expecting and she's very ready to attend. But I told her that it's supposed to be 12 o'clock, but uh, it was done earlier. It was done earlier. And... uh everything was already done and so it like frustrated her or something that she ran at the middle of the street and it's like i don't know if she's crying or what then suddenly the rain just poured out and uh she was like at the middle you can see like the frustrations frustration in her face that uh, she was all dressed up and ready but but the the party you know the wedding or the party was already finished and so I as I was looking at her facing on her direction I saw this building made of glass the wall is made of glass and there's a lot of people seated there also in their wedding gown 
And so, um, you know, it's just like the Lord's telling us that, um, it's like the Lord's telling us to be ready, right? And uh, after these two dreams about the wedding, on July the 8th, I have another dream about the wedding. It is the preparing for wedding. I saw myself inside this building, uh, inside this room. There's a lot of people in there. And then suddenly, two or three lady, ladies came in, and they have their headdress. Uh, the other one got, you know, they really have like a pretty headdress, like a wedding headdress. And um, as I saw them, it's like, you know, they're getting ready. I immediately knew that there's a wedding. And then I told my daughter, I said, come on, let's go up and change. Let's wear our gown. Come on, let's go up and change. And that's how my uh, my my dream ended. I just didn't make the research, but I know there's something, you know, there's a part in the Bible that speaks about uh, the ladies who are going to get married, about their headdress. And, um, and aside from that, the first part of the dream we're choosing linens, right? In Revelation 19, verse 8, fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's people. So, we are going to choose linen. I know that it's not going to be brown, gold, or whatever. I know it's going to be white, clean and pure in the eyes of God. And so, th that's just my opinion. I I know it's going to be white. So, anyway, um, why is it that the lady, she was all prepared and ready, uh, but then the wedding was already done and she was late? This is just like, this is reminding me about the parable of the ten virgins. Remember in the ten virgins in Matthew 25, verse 1 to 13, it says there, At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish one took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jar along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all become drowsy and fell asleep. So at midnight, cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. And then the five virgins were ready, and the five other virgins were not, because they went to the store and buy uh, oil. But uh, you know what? Why is, why is this that, or why are the five virgins ready? Because they constantly keep themselves ready and filled with the oil or the words of God in their heart, keeping their eyes alert and on Jesus Christ. And these five foolish ones, when they know that it's really getting crazier, that's the time. They saw all the signs are already there. That's the time they said, okay, I want to learn more about the words of God. The Lord said there will be a time, you know, that when the door is shut, no one can open. So I was really thinking that there will be a time that the Lord has a specific time for us to repent and accept Him. Once that time is already done, even if you knock on the door, the Lord will say, I do not know you. Same with the foolish virgins. Even if you knock on the door because they run and buy their oil and come back, 
the wedding is already starting and the door was already shut off so no one can open it whatever the lord opens no one can shut and whatever the lord shut no one can open so therefore go to matthew 13 verse 33 be on guard be alert you do not know when when that time will come jump on 36 if he comes suddenly do not let him find you sleeping what I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. That's what the Lord is trying to tell each and every one, brothers and sisters. The Lord is coming anytime soon. We don't know the day or the hour, but all the signs are escalating right now. Because it's showing that Jesus is coming so soon. Whether we are going to be going in a rapture with Him or... Jesus is going to take us while we're sleeping. We're sleeping at night that we will just suddenly die in our sleep. Whether He's going to take us tomorrow or whatever in any way. We want to be ready. Because when He gets us in any way, we are going to be with Him in heaven. That's what we're supposed to be ready. That's why we have to keep an eye. We don't know who's going to stay. We don't know who's going to be in the rapture. We don't know who's going to die on um, beheading or whatever. But the point in here is, are you ready? How can we be ready? Keep on praying. Read the Bible constantly. And do the righteous act. Do the righteous way that the Lord desires for each and every one of us. Do the things, the the fruit of the Spirit, the love, peace, and joy, the patience, all those fruit of the Spirit, because that's how we're supposed to live according to God's will. And so, Revelation 19, verse 7, Let us rejoice and be glad and give Him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready. That's why you see at the third part of the dream, the ladies were already putting their headdresses, and I was telling my daughter, come on, let's run and wear our dress. Brothers and sisters, let's rejoice. We we will be rejoicing in the wedding of the Lamb. If you watch my video that I had, I was walking in the wedding aisle, brothers and sisters. The wedding aisle is very, very long. And you can see multitudes of angels in the right and the left. At first, I was thinking they are people. But then the Lord showed me in my dream they are angels. They are bright, bright. I can only see the shape of their head and the shoulder. They're so bright. Multitudes on the right and the left. And in this huge French door, as we go in, we will reach another French door. Very huge French door. And that's where the wedding banquet will be. I saw the the rectangular wedding banquet. Food was actually... uh, displayed all over and prepared for each and every one of us and we will be seated on the chair to wait for our names to be called because we will be called one by one to face God the Father as I heard the guy who just came out he was saying he knows everything about us and we know that 
And at the moment he said that word, I immediately knew in my mind, I said, that is God. Praise be to God. And aside from this, brothers and sisters, the Lord showed me and told me in this dream, even if we are ready for Him, we have to make sure that we have to keep watch on our step. It means the devil has different schemes to entice or to seduce or deceive the children of God. But we have to continually pray and ask the Lord's wisdom, understanding, and discernment and strength and to put the full armor of God upon us that we will be able to discern all the schemes of the devil and to rebuke them with the words of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, brothers and sisters, it's really amazing. And, um, and um, oh my God, so we don't know when the day and the hour is, but the Lord is just trying to tell us, be ready, children of God. And if you are not born again, brothers and sisters, please, please pray and seek the Lord with all your heart. And tell, you know, repent from your sins and accept Him as your Lord and your Savior. You will have the peace and the joy in your heart. And the illness that you are suffering, actually He's the best doctor. He can cure you with anything. He said, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can move mountain. And to those who don't know uh, my experience that I've been sharing in YouTube, I lost my eyesight. I was blind for a year. The doctor won't believe I can see again. But with the amazing grace of God, he gave my sight back. He cured me with my leukemia. The doctor sent me back home because they can't cure me anymore. They gave me six months to live. I have memory loss and everything. I have like, oh my goodness, spots all over my body. But then you know what? The Lord is my Lord and my Savior. He is the powerful God that can move mountains, can heal the sick, can raise the dead, can give the sight to the blind. And if He did that to me, brothers and sisters, He can do that to you. I have a lot of testimony about Him, about His miracles. And then I know a lot of you have something to share too, but we give the glory and praise to God the Father. And if you are in pain right now, you are suffering and you're, you're uh, confused, go on your knees and pray and say, Jesus, if you are real, please show me yourself. And I, I ask for forgiveness from all my sins. And please guide me and lead me and save me from the bondage of sin. Brothers and sisters, if you ask the Lord sincerely from your heart, He is there listening and waiting for your call with open arms. He is there standing in front of you and going to hold you in His righteous right hand. God bless each and every one. In Jesus Yeshua's name, amen and amen. Use your key, use your key.
There is power. 